Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Downhill to the weekend. Steve Jones Show, Wednesday, October 2nd. News Radio 1070. WKOK, Sean Carey here, and Steve will be there in just a moment in our Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, North 4th Street, Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors, Kia on the Strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Lots of ways to get in contact with us. Our email, stevejones at wkok.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, our Twitter handle, at Steve Jones PSU, and subscribe to our free podcast. Search Steve Jones Show on Apple Podcast, iTunes, and Google Play. Hit the subscribe button, and we'll take the shows right to your smartphone and tablet. Take them along with you. You can listen to them anytime, anywhere. Also, you can catch three months' worth of shows. We've got them archived, and you can access them at stevejonesshow.com. With you live till 5. Uh, great to have back on the show today, Ricky Ricardo. Uh, Ricky is the Spanish play-by-play announcer for the New York Yankees and Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll get Ricky's perspective on both of those teams, especially the Yankees, as they'll be starting their run for World Series coming up later in the week. Also scheduled to join us, Josh Getzoff, play-by-play announcer for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, for the Penns Radio Network, are you ready for some hockey? Hockey season starts tonight. Puck drops with the last two Stanley Cup champions, Washington and St. Louis. They'll be on the ice tonight, and we'll get the perspective from Pittsburgh with Josh uh, scheduled to join us. Of course, later in the week, we'll have our high school football roundtable. That'll be tomorrow, and our picks to close out the week with Steve's brother, Kevin Jones, on Friday here on the show. Sadly, there is a football passing to share with you. Bill Bidwell. Uh, the man responsible for bringing football to the desert passed away earlier today at the age of 88. Michael Bidwell, Bill's son and current president of the franchise, uh, says we're especially grateful to the nurses, doctors, caregivers whose endless kindness and compassion in recent years have made Dad's life so meaningful. And we remember him as a man devoted to the three central pillars of his life, his immense faith his love for his family, and his lifelong passion for the Cardinals and the sport of football. Bill Bidwell's father, Charles, bought the Cardinals in 1932. Bill was associated with the team for eight decades. He started as a ball boy as a child, went to work for the team full-time in 1960 after a stint in the United States Navy, and became owner in 1972. He gave up day-to-day operations to his son, Michael, in 2007 when Michael became the team president. Under Bill's ownership, the Cardinals toiled in mediocrity. They had five winning seasons 
from 1972 until Ken Wisenhunt was hired as head coach in 2007 after his run as offensive coordinator with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that was Michael's first year in charge, also 12 years ago. The Cardinals went to their first and only Super Bowl the next season, which was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Despite a lack of success on the field, Bidwell was ahead of the curve with diversity in the NFL. He hired the first black female executive in league history, the NFL's first black contract negotiator, and the league's first head coach-general manager tandem in Dennis Green and Rod Graves. The Cardinals established the Bill Bidwell Coaching Fellowship in 2015 as a way to promote an increased diversity on their coaching staff. Bill and his wife Nancy were married for 56 years. She passed away in 2016. Bidwell survived by his five children, ten grandchildren, and one great-grandchild. Bill Bidwell uh, passing away at the age of 88 earlier today. Yep, moved the uh, Cardinals out of Chicago and then moved them uh, to St. Louis and then moved them out of St. Louis to Arizona. And some people would say on a negative side that he hurt hurt what they thought was a potentially great market in Arizona. Now they've since built that stadium out there, which, by the way, is beautiful. It's also in the middle of nowhere. But you know what? Middle of nowhere, close enough to the city, and here's the reason I say that. And that is uh, to do stadiums, you have to have parking. So they figured that out. But, I mean, look, he did a lot of great things with them. No question. And uh, one quick note for Chris Elio. The Jets are awful. All right, so <laughs> Chris and I yesterday. Oh, yeah. Just so, every, just so everybody knows how much fun the two of us had yesterday. <laughs> because we were kidding about it after the show. Like, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, like, we were getting whatever we just had fun and i don't you know sometimes people are oh i'm like oh no there's no oh we're laughing about it after the show we had a great time well his trap game philosophy i don't know if that's going to come true or not sam darnold uh just... he was at practice today but really was not a full participant a non-contact participant in uh, jets practice today so probably decreases his chances of getting into the starting lineup uh, against philly on eagle 107 on sunday you know, the, the love, you know, obviously for Pete Alonzo. Like, yeah, we love Pete Alonzo. Great. <laughs> What's he doing today? Uh, yeah, he's watching the games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe going out and getting a beverage. Well, no, they're, they're, but there's a bailout, though. Alonzo, they can name Alonzo the Rookie of the Year. So he still gets honored, you know. But yeah, we had a good time talking about war because I've I've always felt, and all due respect to the people who put these numbers together, they do a lot of really really useful numbers. To me, the least useful numbers war. I've always felt that. That's not even it's like uh, wins above replacement. Yeah, I got it. The dude's really good. Okay, <laughs> it's like, but if the team doesn't make the playoffs, like okay, well, so instead of getting. 88 wins with him, we ended up getting 70. Or instead of getting 78 wins with him, we got 68. Okay, what's the difference? <laughs> Not much. All right. But we had fun with it yesterday. So we were kidding kidding each other about it. Um, tomorrow is the big roundtable day. And... Do we have any idea who we're getting tomorrow? Uh, I hear Chief at this point, even though Chief will be not 
uh, in attendance for he's the not, game. He's on not Saturday. broadcasting the game. I know. Not, now we're now we're going with people who aren't even going to show up. What about the people who are going to show up? I had suggested that. I had suggested Matt Catrillo join us for tomorrow's roundtable. Hey, Matt's going to go out, there. and of course, I mean, how many times do we have to hear in the last couple of days about oh, I got to do two games in one day? You know, and I think this is where you and I are brilliant with him. All I got to like, do is like, hang a right and walk right. five steps into the newsroom. No, no. I can ask Matt, and he'll be on the roundtable tomorrow. This, this is this is where you and I are brilliant with the suit. Like we feign interest. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Well, I guess he had suggested we should have the chief on just to keep the broadcast team consistent. But we're not going to keep it consistent. We bring in another guy. Consistent. Uh, come on. Now, I'm going to sit down on Saturday. I'm going to look over, and for the 244th consecutive time, I'm going to look over and see Jack Ham. Consistent. <laughs> now, that's consistent. Yeah, I mean, the consistency on the Shikolimi thing is a little bit. I mean, the play-by-play guy takes a whole year off, then we bring in somebody who's really good. You know, and it's, it's like okay, and then then we, then we bag him after a year. Hey, what what do we do? You don't even know how to answer it. I don't. <laughs> I'm speechless. That's not good for radio or podcasts. Uh, it's, it's, I mean. In that booth, I guess I mean I talked to I talked to the Shikolimi School District, and I suggested like if they took a donation for me, if they could if, like install a revolving door up there. No. Get a GoFundMe page going. What to bring Ferlazzo back? <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. We're coming off a Suit and I were having a conversation last weekend. His name was brought up. I'll leave it at that. I should probably tell you more about it after the break. Well, the Falazzo's name was brought up. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Um, but not for I... a Shikolami broadcast. See, there's a very tight window, as you're aware, a very tight window on Saturday with the Bucknell broadcast at 2 p.m. and yeah. the Shikolami broadcast starts at 5:30. Oh, I know. We've heard all about you and I have feigned interest. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I hear feigning interest started when April, something like that. Oh, what, feigning interest. I think started in uh, February 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I meant just about this. Just about this Saturday. <laughs> no, I meant about everything. <laughs> the whole shmi. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the whole ball game. <laughs> So about what Mike may be filling in on the uh, Bucknell broadcast. He had suggested or? Kevin had suggested that. It's like yeah, he could he could fill in and be with Doug for the day, and then he then Kev can just focus on the Shikolemi game. But uh, I I don't know what I, I I can make a call at Learfield IMG personally. They will take my call. <laughs> That's right, they will. <laughs> so I'll tell you right now, this guy's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> So how far is it? Because I've never been to Shikolami High School. So how far is it from Christy Mathewson Stadium to <sighs> straight shot down Route 15 and then off the strip 
Then you take the Veterans Memorial Bridge into Sunbury. Okay. So, I mean, so, far, you, so far I can follow you. Yeah, exactly. And then, See, I've never been to the school, though. Yeah, and then you just hop off the bridge. You just drive along the river wall in Sunbury, hang a right on yeah. Walnut Street, go about right. uh, maybe three or four blocks, and you're at the stadium. I would say it probably takes, if you if you can get through red light free, yeah, it's you, light, could, yeah. you could probably, because you have, I'm thinking how many red lights you'd have to deal with. Uh, one in Winfield, one mm-hmm. in Shemokin Dam. One by Baldwin Boulevard so, before so maybe three red lights minimum. So what time? This kickoff is at what six? Kickoffs at six. For so sure. that means he, he. So that means he has to be there at five because he has to set up. Correct. All right, and then they're on at five thirty, and then right. they can do some Instagram, FaceTime, some <laughs> some deal, right? Yeah. Well, he'd probably put Maddie in charge of that. Well, actually, Maddie will actually will Kevin no, will Maddie, be starting. That's right. Maddie will be finishing up because Matt is now the the public address announcer at Christy Matthewson. So right. Kev is going to leave a little early, get on the road to Sunbury. Mm. Matt is going to uh, take over post-game duties on Eagle 107 and chat with Coach Dave Cicchini for the post-game show. So once he is done, then he'll join Kevin when he gets there at Shikolami Stadium. Mm. Wow. So, yeah. And hey, what's the average time of a Bucknell game? About 3.05, something like that? Yeah. But I would probably well, say means, somewhere means, between, but to means, get from Christie to Shikolami Stadium, I would that, probably say that, ten to twelve minutes. But tops. that means that means they'd be done on the air at five oh five. So there's a good chance that they do this right, and Matt does the post game with Coach Chikini. That Matt can probably be the Shikolami by maybe ten to six. So before kick for sure. Yeah. Right, that makes sense. Because I believe Bucknell's post game is the same time length as yours. Correct? It's the same standard. What thirty or about thirty minutes? Post post game? Yeah, yeah. It's about yeah. It's about twenty five thirty minutes. Yeah, and we may go thirty five at times, but yeah. Um, but at that point, Doug's handling all that. Yeah, it sounds like Matt just has to handle the post game interview, right? He's he's just he he will just Matt will just be doing right. that on air on Eagle One Hundred Seven so, on Saturday, correct? So then, then he can at that point take off, yeah, and get out of there. Right. I mean, as long as Matt understands that the police has escorts in front of you and not in back of you, it should work out fine. <laughs> That's the thing, though. If we had escorts, we probably wouldn't be having this discussion. So, so speaking of post game shows, I didn't ask you this uh, early. Um, was there was there a can was there was there a because Franklin wasn't on post game with you and Jack Friday. No, he wasn't. So I was, no, he was not. Yeah. He was there. He was there, but here's the problem. I wasn't sure if it was an equipment thing or something. It was an equipment thing. What happened was there's a battery pack that goes with that post game mm. deal, and, and the batteries died on it. Yeah. So then the only way we could get anybody on was to use Matt McGloin's sideline battery pack. Well, at that point, James had to go, you know. We're on the air, so you're not coming up with any ideas. So Roger and Bob are trying to figure out what to do with this thing. So I was on with Jack killing time because we're trying to kill time, but there's only so much time you can kill. Yeah, I was already home. It, yeah, I was already home it, Friday night. Who was listening yeah, to our stream and on yeah, on, it's, on it's, yeah. it's some, at some point you've got to cut it off because I mean you got we got to get in the bus. We got to leave. Sure. Uh, so. When we went to breaks, they said, oh, we're having a problem with this, and it's it's not easy to run down there and fix this because it's across the field. 
you've got to go down through the stands to get there. So it's for Roger and, and Bob, it's not easy for them to do this. So then I think I'm the one that said, well, why don't we just use McGloin's thing and see if we can get a couple players on the field. And that's how we got uh, Nick Bowers and we got Shane Simmons on the post game. Because, I mean, because it's ironic when I was walking back to the bus, the guy that suddenly kind of comes up to me is James. He says, Steve, I swear to you, I was standing there. I was trying to talk to you guys. You couldn't hear me. I said, yeah, it was, it was an equipment problem. So, bully me. He wasn't going to bag that postgame show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that he has certain obligations, and he has to be at the table at a certain time to address the media that are there. And well, yeah. Once well, he's, you know, he's does that, he's locked in then for a good 15, 20 right. minutes. Oh, exactly. He is definitely locked in. And so that's the only, that's the only reason we didn't have him on Saturday. So that's the only reason we didn't have him is because of that. But uh, he'll be on this week. And he'll be on the show tomorrow night. I don't know who the other guests are, but he'll be on the show tomorrow night. You'll find out in plenty of time. Yeah, I usually find out like eight, eight minutes before the broadcast. Hey, you got a whole bunch of stuff ready to talk about Feel Lucky? Oh, yeah, yeah. You betcha. Yeah, a lot of Feel Lucky questions here. I'm all set to go. Right. Appreciate appreciate your effort. You got it. That's why I'm here. We're here to serve. Okay. You got this. Every week. See, that's the that, that sometimes that's one of the problems. Yeah. All right. All right. Steve's got this. Yeah. Like, okay, great. <laughs> Right. A little help doesn't hurt. <laughs> Make it even better. A little help doesn't hurt. So, all right. Let's take a break. We're headed toward the bottom of the hour. Uh, Frank Bodani, Matt Leon on the show. We'll talk with Matt Leon next half hour. Actually, and we got Ricky Ricardo next hour. Oh, that's right. Ricky the return Ricardo's of Ricky Ricardo, yeah. The return of the great man himself. Yeah. Because he's not just the Yankees, he is also the Phillies. I figured it'd be a good time to have him. Or on. the Eagles, I mean. The Eagles, I mean. Eagles yeah, and Yankees. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I was laughing last night. There. You, know, you want to win games, obviously. So, the Nationals won last night. My first thought was, hey, the Nationals win. You got the Dodgers. Okay. <laughs> My first thought was Billy Buckner after that right fielder botched that. I mean, did you think of that too? Uh, yeah, in some ways. I mean, you could tell he's a little off balance coming in. You can tell that. Um, and then it looked like it looked like that ball took a little bit of a left turn on him. And so you're off balance. It takes a left turn. That's, you know... But and then Soto, who makes a thirty-year-old play at the plate with a base hit and a clutch, then makes a twenty-year-old running mistake between second and third. <laughs> oh my goodness! He's like, oh, you know, that insurance run could have helped, but that's okay. Daniel Hudson closed it down the ninth inning. So tonight it is Tampa Bay and Oakland. And Tampa Bay will use its usual nine pitchers and will then take the entertainment value of the game and drive it right into the turf. All right. Ricky Ricardo, next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. If there's anybody that can give us a perspective during this time of the year where there's crossover between baseball and football, it is Ricky Ricardo, who is the voice of the Yankees and voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. Ricky, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Hello, Ricky. Great to have you with us on the show. We'll I'm going yeah, to have to call him back. May I have to call him back? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, why don't you do that? Okay. And we'll set it up. Ricky is the Spanish-language broadcaster for the Yankees and also for the Philadelphia Eagles. An incredible... Uh, personality, but really a terrific broadcaster. He Still does there, great, great work. There we go. We have him there. All set. Nope, nope, not yet. We'll call him back. We'll call him. We'll back. call him back. Yep, we'll call him back. But I think it's a great time of the year with the Eagles coming up with their game against the Jets. The Yankees about ready to get ready for the playoffs. I think the Yankees had an incredible, remarkable year. When you get that many injuries, when you get that many injuries during the course of the season, that many players end up on the IL and still win over 100 games, that is a wow kind of year as far as I'm concerned. And he had the privilege of broadcasting it this year. And, of course, with the Eagles... Great win at Green Bay last week. Now they've got the Jets this week. And we'll get an opportunity to talk to him about all that and more. And I believe we do have him now. All right. Hopefully we do. Hello, Ricky. It's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us. Uh, you had me before. You had me at, uh, what was that old line from the movie? You had me at blank. You know what I mean? <laughs> doing, I'm doing great, Ricky. It's really great to hear you. It's, uh, uh, no, it's a pleasure to be back on with you and to talk to everybody in, uh, in your part of the world. Uh, it's a beautiful part of the country. It's God's country, and it, uh, we're, we're ready for this mix now, baseball and football. Yeah, so let's start with the baseball part of it. If mm-hmm. you were to say that in March the Yankees win 100 games, it would be, well, LeMahieu was great, Judge hit 60 home runs, Sanchez hit 50. They led the free world in people on the IL. What kind yeah. of job did the Yankee organization do to still make all the parts fit together? 
Well, the, the, the kudos here go to two guys. Brian Cashman, obviously, for creating the kind of depth in the organization that was able to you know, cover up for, uh, for, for all these injuries. When you have a guy like Miguel Andujar go down first few days of the season and you can bring a guy like Gio Urshela up, yeah. uh, Urshela, who was an August waiver pickup last year, had signed a minor league deal, wasn't even on the 40-man roster. He comes up and, and hits over 300, more than 20 home runs, uh, in the 70s, the RBI range and gives you stellar defense at third base. Uh, it, it just That just doesn't happen every day. Uh, what, what Cashman has done here is basically built two ball clubs because there's enough talent between the youngsters at both the double and triple A levels and some of these cast-off players, other major league team cast-off players that have been given a second chance by the Yankees uh, to come in and, and look, everybody knows their role. Okay, there was there was there was no hidden agenda during spring training in Tampa. Guys like Urshela, for example, or or a Kyle Higashioka knew that they were going to go to the minor league. But with the injuries to Sanchez, then you make Romine your number one catcher. You need a solid backup. You've got that with Higashioka. You had Troy Tulowitzki was supposed to be. Let's remember right. that Troy yeah. Tulowitzki was supposed to be the steal of the offseason. That he was healthy. And he was going to replace Didi Gregorius, who was coming off of Tommy John surgery. It, Troy Tulowitzki lasted a week and ended up having to retire. So you, you had you had not just the second tier guys, but in in certain instances here, Steve, third, fourth, and even fifth tier guys on the depth chart that made their way to the major leagues. Uh, the Mike Talkmans of the world, uh, Cameron Maben, who was a two-time cast off during the spring by the Giants and the Cleveland Indians. They came in and just did stellar jobs, but it's it's the attitude of the organization. Not only Cashman, but also Aaron Boone, Boone, who is you know always going to be a Pennsylvania guy with his roots there, with his dad Bob being the Phillies catcher for so many years. Uh, but everyone was on the same page from day one, and just a masterful job of the organization of putting people in position where they could succeed, and having everybody be on the same page and knowing that it's next man up. I know it's a cliche. But it worked in this case. Next man up, know your role, do what you're supposed to do, and it works as a machine. It's almost like the New England Patriots. A cog goes out, a cog comes in, replaces it, and the machine rolls along. Just a masterful job by Cashman this year. Now, let's get to the other part of that cog, though. You really idealistically like to have your starting rotation set up, and then if you can get six, then you can mix and match the last three innings. How are the Yankees set up with their starting pitching? Because even that was not immune to being bumped up this year. Well, injuries, and then you had the unfortunate situation with our 18-game winner and uh, and Domingo Herman, who is not eligible to even be with the team during the postseason. Uh, but right now, as I see it, and uh, nothing's been made official yet, but James Paxton came on strong after having uh, a little bout with a knee issue early in the year. Remember, he was on the DL. I think he became really comfortable in the second half of the season in New York, pitching in front of that Yankee Stadium crowd. I think Paxton will end up being your number one in the postseason rotation. Uh, Luis Severino, who's back, look, he came in, uh, what, two weeks before the end of the regular season. He missed the entire, you know, five and a half, first five and a half months of the year, but he's back throwing hard, throwing strikes. I think you can slot Severino as your two-starter probably on Saturday 
and then the experience in big games of Masahiro Tanaka, who's had his ups and downs during the regular season, and we've seen that ever since he signed his contract with the Yankees. Uh, but still, you can usually count on him in a big game. He's not afraid of the moment, not afraid to pitch outside of the ballpark in the, in the Bronx. He can pitch on the road. So even though his splits weren't the greatest this year, but in big situations, you can, with confidence, hand the ball to Masahiro Tanaka. All three of those guys, I think, can get you to the high-leverage relievers, to the Chad Greens, which then you know will extend into uh, into your Zach Brittons and, and get you all. You know the Tommy Kane leads of the world, who's the biggest Eagle fan on earth, by the way. I, I don't know if you know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then all the way down into Aroldis Chapman. Uh, the Yankees have you know depth in the bullpen. And they've got for at least this first series, Steve, which is you know obviously three out of five. It's not a seven-game series with a travel day in between, another travel day if uh, if a fifth game is needed. I think they have enough pitching to get through this particular series. Now, if it's Houston and it's a seven-game series where you've got to win four out of seven, and you're going to start and finish in in Houston, that's a different animal. Uh, right. I think they may have to cut and paste a little bit more, may, maybe using a, a quote-unquote opener or have enough confidence in a guy like Jay Happ to hand him the baseball or, or, right. or maybe a, a put it together with CC Sabathia a couple of innings, a, a bullpen day that we've seen several teams use. That's down the line for this first series, three out of five. I think it's more conventional with your three starters, get into the fifth, sixth inning, and then it's all hands on deck. One man, one inning per man. Get you to Chapman. Let's get out of here. Right. Yeah. And the, and they've got, I think, the best bullpen in the postseason. Uh, now. Yeah. I agree. I, I, yeah. I want to get to the Eagles now. Uh, they go to Green Bay. What did they show you, especially in the final three quarters of that game, that really should impress the average fan? They showed me some gumption, Steve, that I you know that I hadn't seen in the first three games of the year. They've been having to come from behind from week one against Washington when in the first half of that game, you know, Case Keenum looked like Sonny Jurgensen. You know, right. Week two in Atlanta, <laughs> you, you, now you go back and kind of scratch your head when you see the Falcons not go one and three and say, how the heck did we lose to them? You know, uh, drop passes were, you know, the order of the day in the, in the second and third games of the season. Uh, when Aguilar's got a ball right in his rubbing, right in his bread basket, and he's got a clear path to the end zone. Uh, there were some very basic mistakes made in the two losses to the Falcons and the Lions. And then what I saw, and I was there at Lambeau, what I saw was Aaron Rodgers basically have his way with the Eagle defense early in the game. He was 10 for 10 to start that game with, with ridiculous passing numbers. And that, that team could have thrown in the towel right there in a, in a, a hostile environment. Oh, Green Bay is not really hostile, but you know they're good fans. They just don't throw things or you know curse you out, uh, including the Spanish broadcaster. They're very you know yeah. I, I had props, <laughs> but certainly they offered me more. But you know what I mean. They could have packed yeah. it in. They didn't. I thought Doug Peterson was honest to the running game. They finally used, in my yeah. opinion, anyway, Jordan Howard to the best of his abilities. And, and the Eagles are so much better, Steve, when both the tight ends are involved and they can use that 12 yeah. package with the two tight ends. That opens things up big time all over the field. 
You mentioned Jordan Howard in that, and they picked him up from the Bears. They drafted, of course, the guy from here, Penn State's Miles Sanders. Can they have that if they're committed to the running game because they're two different styles of backs? What does that mean now to the success of the Eagles in the ability to use two different styles of backs to their advantage? Oh, it's that thunder and lightning uh, concept of of having the breakaway speed and, and the shiftiness of a Miles Sanders, you know, more of the straight-ahead power run. He's not LeGarrette Blunt, not to that extent, Jordan Howard, but he's that style of back. And let's yeah. not forget that, you know, in a third-down situation, coming out of the backfield, when you toss in a Darren Sproles, who, by the way, yeah. Steve, is still, still might be the fastest guy on the team at his advanced age. Uh, but once they get that running game settled in, with that combination of power and speed between Howard, Sanders, and then the occasional come out come out of the backfield on a third and four swing pass, you know, the, the kind of situational plays that they've got in the playbook for a guy like Darren Sproles, and the Eagles' running attack should be, in my opinion, the best in the NFC. And if you take a look at the, you know what's going on in the in the AFC, maybe Derrick Henry and uh, the package they have running the yeah. football in Tennessee. I don't even think they stand up to the three man, the three headed running monster that the Eagles can have if they commit to it. Then that's been the issue. Will Doug Peterson commit to the running game? He committed to it in Green Bay, and in the end, it paid off uh, in high dividends to get out of there with a big win. Yeah, I can tell you, my broadcast partner for Penn State football, Jack Ham, is has always been a huge Darren Sproles guy. Always has been. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Sproles a pro's pro. He's he's a very tough matchup for anybody out there. Speed. You can't put a linebacker on him, Ricky. Can't do it because he nope. he'll, he'll crush the linebacker in a one on one. He will. He can dodge safeties. Uh, you saw, even though there was an offensive pass interference on the play during the, the last few uh, minutes of the Lions game where they put him out as a receiver. They they had, you know, depleted receiver situation that day. They yeah. used Broles as a wide out. I thought he made a heck of a play along the sidelines as a wide receiver. Was there, you know, some hand fighting there with the with the corner? Yeah. yeah. That, that call could have gone either way against that. Could have been de- defensive pass interference. Uh, as easy as it was called offensive pass interference, but even to that extent where you need a big play on third down like that, a guy like Darren Sproles can, can, can give it to you. And with that combination of Howard, who, who, like I said, you know, people are starting to scratch their heads, Steve, about, I heard the question asked to me several times, why does Doug Peterson like Jordan Howard? And I, I, I didn't know what to say. I had no answer. But they finally were committed to the running game, to the combination of Howard and Sanders, and then the occasional use of Darren Sproles as, as a, a completely different kind of back. When you put those three elements together, it's earth, wind, and fire. It really is, as far as the running game is concerned. And you and I know they're throwing the ball all over the lot, but it's still amazing that if you can get an effective ground game, it still is a key part to winning games. No, absolutely, Steve. You know, blocking, tackling, the basics. Yeah. And a running game will still it, it will open up avenues, it will open up routes, and Carson Wentz has been dynamite. I, I, I can't say yeah. enough about Wentz. He's gotten off to some slow starts, but the entire team has gotten off to slow starts. Yeah. But in the end when you do when you need a big play and the quarterback ratings have shown it week after week, Carson Wentz has been one of the best 
and most consistent in the first month of the season, I think that's only going to get better and better as the season goes on. Well, if anybody can handle the uh, split between football and baseball, it's you. Thanks so much, Ricky. Great, great respect for your work, and thanks for the time you gave us. Steve, anytime. I love talking to your audience. Now, here's the schedule. I'll be at Yankee Stadium Friday night, Saturday afternoon at Lincoln Financial Field, Sunday afternoon, and then in Minneapolis on Monday night, and hopefully you don't have to be there for a fourth game on (laughs) Tuesday night, but if necessary, Tuesday night. Come back to Philadelphia, do my radio show uh, on Wednesday night, and then uh, go back to Yankee Stadium if needed for a game five on Thursday night. How about that? And you know what? You're going to enjoy every second of it because you love what you do. Absolutely. We'll have some fun, and we'll have some. hopefully we'll have some great calls to go along with. Uh, we look forward to it. Ricky, thanks so much for your time, very much. Steve, it's a pleasure. Anytime. The outstanding Ricky Ricardo does the Spanish broadcast for the Eagles, the Spanish broadcast for the Yankees, and is um, really one of the one of the tops out there when it comes to doing both sports. He's just really, really good. And obviously you can tell a knowledgeable, great guy. Knowledgeable, great guy. That's a fun combination. We'll come back with more in a moment. Uh, by the way, I have... Uh, is there going to be a need, um, Sean, to, for us to get Mike Ferlazzo back on the show for mm, something? Well, I have a cell number. He replies back to me rather quickly. Yeah. Without fail. I mean, because, I mean, obviously we're in a spot here on Saturday. Boy, it sure would be great to hear him back in the air again. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. <laughs> Ricardo's terrific, isn't he? Yeah. Well, great to have you with us on the show today. And, uh, boy, I tell you, Fralazzo could solve a lot of problems on Saturday. Just one call does it all. I, I, I think if I made a call, I think I think it could, could happen. Yeah, oh, you would bring you know, some sway into the solution here, sure. No, and I, you know, no I, question. I think what we'll do is like we bring in Mike to be the analyst on Bucknell, and then at about five o'clock we'll have him go over with all the equipment set up and just have him do shikalumming. <laughs> well, he may have some homecoming responsibilities to do. They got the, you got the big old white tent that is set up along the practice lawn right outside of Christie's, so oh, uh, he may be... That's where Doug comes in. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he just, you know. And I think that would alleviate all the problems, and then we wouldn't have to listen to somebody uh, in the background complain. Now, who might complain? Ah, uh, that's in his DNA. Is he still interim? Yes. I'm in on the play-by-play job. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Still full-time and number one in our hearts there, so. (laughs) Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.